In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout Israel's history, there were plenty of figures who looked Messiah-like. But this Jesus seems to be the real deal. Shortly before today's text, Jesus raised four-day dead Lazarus from his grave. And now Jesus and Lazarus are the talk of the town. Everyone wants to come and see the man who had died, now raised to life. Everyone wants to come meet Jesus. Well, everyone, that is, except the chief priests. They have something else in mind. Their whole world has gone after Jesus. They can't have that. They need to put a stop to it. After Lazarus was raised, these Jewish leaders were already plotting to kill Jesus. But now that many had come to faith in Jesus because of Lazarus, they decided the only right thing to do would be to put out a hit on Lazarus and get him back into his grave for good. The only solution they see is to undo Jesus' miracle and kill Jesus while they're at it. Until now, Jesus has been careful not to do too much in public. But all that seemed to change with raising Lazarus from the dead. Yesterday, six days before the Passover, Jesus went to a great feast hosted by Mary and Martha and Lazarus. The next day, the crowd who was present at the feast heard Jesus was going to Jerusalem. It seems Jesus is building up to an even bigger miracle than raising the dead. For instead of a miracle in Bethany, now he comes to enter the holy city. So finding him entering Jerusalem... They cut down palm branches and waved them in his honor. Much like our waving flags for a military hero, the crowd hailed him. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel, they cried. Hailing Jesus as a king, yes, but more than a king, the king, the one enthroned in the heavens, And their Messiah, save us now, O Lord, they call. So finding a young donkey, Jesus sat on it, and the processional parade began. It was precisely as the prophet Zechariah had foretold. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. So we do as those ancient people did. With palms and hosannas, we hail our king. It all seems so fitting, a right way to welcome Jesus. After all, this is the popular Jesus, the Jesus that everyone wants to follow, the Jesus with a mission and a goal and an enemy to destroy. Palms and shouts are a good, right, and salutary way 
to welcome a king and a hero. Of course, everyone wants to be there. Even today, as we observe these events after two millennia, there's anticipation in the air. Something wonderful is about to happen. The king is here, and he has come to establish his kingdom. Yet there is also an anticipation of dread, that something isn't quite right, that it's not going to turn out quite like we expected, that it's not going to be all roses and sunshine and happiness. And I think we're sort of tempted to skip it, to go from the spiritual high of today right to next Sunday with its alleluias and shouts of joy. After all, who wants to listen to the details of Jesus' betrayal and suffering, bleeding and dying? It's not exactly the kind of thing that's pleasant to hear. And even more so, when you consider that it was the depth of your own sin that put him there. Your lies and lusts, your gossip and greed, your selfishness and idolatry. Sometimes it's just too much to consider. It's too difficult to acknowledge that your sin earned that kind of suffering, that kind of a death. And yet, try as you might to hide it, you can't. You sin daily. You sin much. Desires and words and actions, all full of selfish motivations. But Jesus, Jesus comes only for sinners. If you don't have sin, Jesus isn't for you. If you don't need saving, Jesus isn't for you. He can't help you. But for those of you who are sinners, and just in case you're wondering, you are, for those of you who are sinners, Jesus comes for you. It is precisely why he was headed into into Jerusalem that day. He was leading a procession into the holy city on that Sunday because he would also lead a procession out of that city on Friday. A procession to a place called Skull. A procession to a cruciform throne fit for a king. Jesus is walking into a city that will know only violence for him. Having been stripped, beaten, and scourged, Jesus will walk out of this city, struggling under the weight of the cross and leaving a trail of blood behind him. But our text tells us the disciples didn't understand. Not yet, anyway. After he was glorified, though, After he was lifted up on the cross, then they understood. Then Palm Sunday made sense. Palm Sunday only makes sense with Good Friday. Jesus wants to be known as king, yes, but as the king who dies. For the Palm Sunday king is also the Good Friday king, and they cannot be separated. 
Indeed, it is the events of Palm Sunday that give us precisely the strength that we need to make it through the rest of Holy Week. Knowing that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead gives us a hint of what is to come. Lazarus' temporary earthly resurrection prefigures the glorious resurrection of Jesus, and it gives us a foreshadow of our own resurrection. So this week, we slow down. We consider the events of Jesus' life in real time. After all, fully one-third of the Gospels are devoted to this one week in history. For this week is filled with the central events necessary to the Christian faith. So yes, we cannot avoid Jesus' betrayal and arrest. We cannot get around his crucifixion, death, and burial. All this Jesus gladly suffered. So like him, we must go through them. And we will go through them each in their own time. The Last Supper and betrayal, the kangaroo trials and mocking, the spitting and suffering and dying. But we do not reenact these things as if we gain some benefit by simply going through the motions. Nor do we consider Good Friday a funeral for Jesus. And when we come to Good Friday... It's not as if Jesus dies again, for we know that he continues to live and to reign. And yet, these are not mere historic events, for Jesus would have us participate in the reality of these things. As we go through this week, yes, we will hear and remember the historical events. We will hear and remember what the soldiers and Pilate did how all the disciples fled from Jesus and Peter's denial and the rooster. We will hear and remember all this and more. But we will also participate in them. Hearing of fear and denial, we will know that we have done the same to our Lord. The silence of those who refuse to speak up to defend Jesus will bring to mind our own silence. But we will also participate in these things more fully. For we will eat and drink the very body and blood of Jesus, given and shed for us on that cross. He will give us the very fruits of his redemption. We will taste his salvation. But today... Today is still Palm Sunday. Today is the day that prepares us for the grim reality that awaits us this week. The grim reality that we cannot ignore. The reality that we live in a world full of sin. And we add to it day by day. That we need the Lord's gifts to us, not just today, but every Sunday. For even if we happen to skip over the observance of Holy Week and jump right to Easter, we won't avoid trouble. Trouble and hardship and pain will still meet us. So this day, 
indeed this entire week, give us the freedom to acknowledge how bad things really are. It's why we have the Lord's Supper here every week. For this past week, your flesh has gotten the better of you. You haven't loved or served like you should. We need Palm Sunday every year. We need to hear how Jesus marches into the holy city to win our victory. So Palm Sunday is for you. And not just this Sunday, but every Sunday. We often talk about how every Sunday is a little Easter, because every Sunday we receive the risen and living body and blood of God. But I think it's also right to say that every Sunday is a little Palm Sunday. For whenever we partake of the Lord's Supper, we join the Palm Sunday crowd. We sing the Palm Sunday hymn, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Blessed is is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Every Lord's Day, we acknowledge that Jesus is our King. Every time we receive Christ's body and blood, we proclaim that our King is among us to save us. Every Lord's Supper, Jesus is our triumphant King, for he comes in victory to give us the strength for this week and for every week. In the holy name of Jesus, the peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.